Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zernio and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. Uh, Carol and I have uh, co-hosted this show for a whole lot of years now, and boy, have we had some incredible guests, and one of those is coming up in just a moment. And Amy Goyer is an author, a speaker, a consultant, and uh, she's the author of Juggling Life, Work, and Caregiving, and works uh, with AARP as a family and caregiving expert. Uh, we're delighted to have her as well. She's a nationally known writer and speaker, and has uh, served with AARP's National Family and Caregiving Expertise. She's a columnist and a spokesperson and moderates AARP's Facebook Family Caregivers Discussion. And she worked as a caregiver for her parents, uh, which is what certainly gave her the hands-on experience that led her into this field. Amy Goyer, thanks for joining us on Caregiver SOS On Air. Hi, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me. When we started talking, I said, you know, I'm looking at your phone number. you got a Washington, D.C. area code, 202, uh, but you're not in Washington. You're in Phoenix. Uh, and tell us what brought you to Phoenix, although you still work in D.C. Yeah, you know, my my life as a long-distance caregiver has been kind of an interesting <laughs> up and down, in and out kind of thing. I really, and actually, I should say, I first was a long-distance caregiver for my grandparents when I was in my 20s, and I lived in Ohio, and they lived in Indiana. So uh, that was my first uh, baptism with long-distance caregiving for many years. And then I moved to Washington, D.C., and my parents had moved to Arizona. My dad was a professor at Arizona State University. And um, my mom had a stroke when she was just 63. And so she, dad became her primary caregiver while he was still primary caregiver for his parents. And so we were as I'm the youngest of four girls and my sisters and I all kind of try to come in and help out in all the different ways. Over the years, my mom continued to have more health problems. She had aphasia and she had a pain on her right side, but she was not paralyzed. So they were able to do things. And I did things like went on trips with them. And I came in, I was a respite person. You know, I came in and just did helped, you know, out at, when, when my dad had a hip replacement. I came and I telecommuted for a month because I was based in the D.C. area by then. So fast forward and over the years, my dad developed Alzheimer's, just as my grandmother had had his mother. And as that started happening, very gradually, as you do with with, uh, uh, Alzheimer's in general, it it tends to be a slow, steady uh, progression. And I started out helping with the finances a bit, you know, I'd come out and help them get organized for taxes. And, um, and then I would uh, eventually help manage the finances a little bit more from a distance because that was something that was easier to do from a distance. By this time, we have online banking and a lot of things that you can do. My sister who lived nearby would go to their doctor's appointments with them. And then when I was in town, I would take that over for a bit and give her a break. And so over the years, I started coming out to Arizona more and more from Washington, D.C. And then when, when the, the Alzheimer's really started to advance and we wanted dad to stop driving, 
everything changed. And you, I know you both know that that's a game changer, the driving thing. And daddy said, we're not going to be stuck in this house. Uh, we're going to move to a senior community where we have more um, uh, transportation and we have meals and we have, you know, all of this sort of thing. And so I helped them find a place and I ended up quitting my full-time job. I worked full-time at ARP at the time so that I could have more flexibility. I became a consultant and I basically had been coming out to Arizona a week or two a month. And I flipped that and based myself in Arizona, I moved into my parents' house. When they moved out, they just lived two miles down the road at a senior community. And I kept my place in DC because my work was all based there. And so I, that was in 2009. And over the years, about three years later, my parents had had catastrophic health issues and advancing dementia and that, all of that. And so I moved them back in the house with me. So then I became a live-in caregiver. They lived with me. Um, my mom passed away a year later and uh, from a sudden uh, urinary tract infection that went septic very quickly. And uh, then my dad, my dad lived with me for six years. But during that time, I was still traveling a lot for work. I do a lot of speaking and various things where I need to travel around the country. And going back to D.C. for meetings and various things, my boyfriend was back in the D.C. area. So you can imagine I wanted to, to be able to see him from at least from time to time. And so I was both a live-in caregiver and a long-distance caregiver at the same time. During now hold that thought just a minute. We're going to come right back to you. For folks who may have just joined us, I want to let you know you're listening to Caregiver SOS on air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel, and we're talking on the Caregiver SOS on air hotline with Amy Goyer, an author, a speaker, a consultant to AARP. And, uh, man, if you want to look up caregiving in the dictionary, Amy's picture is there. I know. Listen I'm exhausted to- just listening to, to all, you know, that, that many years that I'm thinking of all the complexities involved in your life, you know, between the siblings and the mom and the dad and the in the residential care and then moving them back home. That was a huge decision. It was a huge years. Yes. Um, and she's daddy lived with me. And then To add add another kind of layer, my oldest sister, who lived in Salisbury, Maryland, on the eastern shore of Maryland, about two and a half hours from the D.C. area, she developed Cushing disease, and I was her primary caregiver as well, her power of attorney, and um, she had several surgeries to try and remove a tumor from her pituitary gland, and she was very, you know, with it and able to manage, but when you're sick, you can't manage. And so there were times I had to fly in and help her. Um, I tried every time I was back East to get over there and help her situation, see what I could do. But that was really hard because, uh, because I was at a distance and because I was so focused on caring for my parents, I didn't, I wasn't able to do as much for her as I would have. And I wish I could have. And she passed away a year after my mom did. So then I was managing her estate and had to empty her house out and sell her house and uh, while still caring for daddy. So there was a lot over these years. Wow. So you took all of that experience and you put that into the book, Juggling Life, Work and Caregiving. Yes, I, I finished the book right before my mom passed away. And if you see the book, there's a picture of my mom and dad and I on the cover and we had a, we had so much fun. We had a, a photo shoot with the professional photographer for those 
And my mom and I appeared on the cover of the ARP bulletin the month after she died. She never got to see it. Oh, but I love the AARP bulletin, by the way. It's a great publication, isn't it? And as well as the magazine. And um, yeah, we've, we've, uh, we have a lot of great caregiving information also uh, coming out through our publications. It's a great source of information for the kind of show we do. Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. it's perfect. And, you know, ARP has a wonderful website at aarp.org slash caregiving, where we have information about every aspect of caregiving you can imagine. And right. uh, you can just access everything there. I was just going to say, people may not think of AARP and caregiving, um, but really, that is a resource you want to highlight um, because they do have wonderful resources under caregiving and really in, in caregiving policy and thought and where we need to go as a country in caregiving uh, yeah. leads the way. Absolutely. It's a, it's a top priority for AARP caregiving is, and it puts a lot of effort into both the policy and research aspects, as well as the consumer facing helpful information and um, services. As you mentioned, I moderate AARP's family caregivers discussion group on Facebook. And it's, it's, we, it's actually like two years old this month and we have more than 6,000 members and it is a service that's provided uh, by AARP, and I tell you, you know, so many caregivers say it's it's their lifeline because there are people there who get it and understand and provide support. And I'm really proud of the group. It's a very positive atmosphere. Wow, something online that's a positive atmosphere, right? Yeah. Just, right, just that, just that alone. <laughs> yeah, we moderate it to make sure it stays that way. Well, yeah. the uh, Wellman Cheryl Foundation's caregiver SOS on air program uh, runs a uh, teleconnection. Uh, service where they, uh, using telephones, have uh, a similar kind of group opportunity for people on almost any topic you can think of uh, over the years, and they're all archived on the website as well. Uh, There can't be enough people doing this because there's so much need and and, uh, so much need for folks who become caregivers to get information. And for those who are listening, Amy, uh, who today may become a caregiver, they get that phone call uh, your mom's in the ICU or your dad just suffered a fall. Uh, and you may have thought about caregiving or not. What are the steps you'd recommend they take and, and the advice that you would give to people who are fresh into that caregiving role? You know, when you, when you, when it happens quickly like that, it can be such a shocker. So the first advice I give is plan ahead and try to do some planning before you're in a crisis. So I have to get that out there. Now, if you are in a situation where you're suddenly a caregiver, the first thing to do is to, you know, assess, assess the situation. And, you know, in my book, that's the first chapter is, okay, what are your loved one's needs? And what are my, assess yourself too, is the caregiver. What can I do? What do I have the capability of doing? What can I learn to do? If you're a long distance caregiver, Uh, You have to build a team on the ground there. So you have to build that support team, whether that be friends, neighbors, you know, uh, getting to know the doctors and and the practitioners. Maybe you hire home health aides to come in and help. Um, It might be you get a geriatric care manager or aging life care expert to help out. So getting sort of that team together is really one of the, the critical steps, because once you figure out what your loved one's needs are, then you need to figure out how you're going to meet those needs. And All right, um, we're going to uh, 
We're going to stop you right there and come right back to you. Uh, that list is important, and I want to pick it up in just a moment. If you've just joined us again, this is Caregiver SOS On Air. Amy Goyer, our special guest, author, speaker, consultant, and works as a consultant to AARP's uh, family and caregiving operation. Carol Zerniel, our co-host, is here. I'm Ron Aaron. Thank you so much for listening to Caregiver SOS On Air. The WellMed Charitable Foundation would like to remind you it is important to stay connected while social distancing. Caregiver stress may be higher now, and specialists are available to talk with. There's no question that we are living in not normal times, but whether the new normal will be the old normal is yet to be seen. So if you are troubled, if you are feeling stressed, ask for help. Services are provided at no cost. See more at caregiversos.org. Hello. Well, thank you for sticking with us right here on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. And we're talking with Amy Goyer, who is an author, a speaker, a consultant. Uh, her book, Juggling Life, Work, and Caregiving. And we were just providing a really helpful list for that first-time caregiver. And Amy, you got to the point, if you can do it, plan ahead. Make a list. If you're long distance, get people on the ground there who can help you. What else can we do? So once you figure out what your, who your team is, and again, remember that team it includes people like uh, the folks at the Area Agency on Aging or the Aging Disability Resource Center. Um, and you might, you might even be things like hiring a housekeeper to do cleaning for your loved one. You know, really assessing what the personal care needs are, the living needs and the health needs um, and the socialization needs. You know, isolation is uh, a killer. It's terrible for our health. Uh, It's the equivalent of smoking 15 cigarettes a day in terms of the effect on our health. So socialization and quality of life are part of our caregiving picture. Once you kind of figure those things out, you have to think of it as constantly reassessing the situation because the one thing that is, is common for everyone for caregiving is it's going to change. And I know, Carol, you're, you'll agree with that, that as soon as you think you've got it all figured out, something changes. So just know that and expect it. And then it doesn't give you as much of an emotional lurch every single time that, okay, time to reassess. Now, uh, what, how, what has changed in the picture and figure out what the priorities are and, and what the resources are, you know, what, what's the financial situation? What can we pay for? What can we get uh, public benefits for that sort of thing. And, well, you know, that- and, and before you go on with that, yeah. I, what I love about what you said about, you know, things are going to change is so many people think I'm going to make the wrong decision, right? There's a lot of angst and, and stress that goes into making these decisions. Yeah, you might. Um, but if you keep reassessing and adjusting and you decide, no, that wasn't the right path, you can course correct along the way. Absolutely. My, my best friend's mom used to tell me, you can always make another decision. You know, uh, you know, it's, it's make a decision now, and then there's another decision and another one. So it's not the wrong decision. It's just now you're making a new decision. There you go. I, I think that's a really important point that you bring up because the emotional part of caregiving 
can be extremely draining. And, and since we're talking about long distance caregivers, it's even harder sometimes for long distance caregivers. So I really advise you to realize that and, um, and deal with those emotions. You know, there's the guilt of I'm not there. I'm not there. I'm not seeing them on a daily basis. And there's the fear of what am I missing? You know, what's happening there that I'm not aware of and I'm not seeing the changes, you know, that sort of thing. And, and also it, it can be really frustrating. You know, we've, when you're trying to talk to a doctor's office from a distance and you're trying to get something taken care of and a caregiver doesn't show up for your loved one, you know, all of that going on can be really frustrating and stressful. Um, so take care of yourself as a caregiver is actually part of your caregiving plan. It's not an afterthought. It's part of it. Now, what motivated you to turn your life around uh, and, and to move to Arizona, cut yourself to part-time with, with AARP? Uh, because that's a decision that a lot of long-distance caregivers uh, at some point face as you faced. Yeah, and I didn't actually cut back to part-time. I, I became a, an independent consultant. I, I, you know, I made that choice for myself, losing all my benefits and my pension, you know, building my pension and, you know, all of those aspects that you have when you're an employee because I wanted that complete flexibility. And, you know, what motivated me, you know, for me, it was love for my parents. I had wonderful parents. It was something I felt like they needed me. And, um, and, and I knew I could do it. I knew how to do it. You know, I, I knew that I could be there for them. And there was, that was just the most important thing. And, you know, for many people, it's uh, a sense of responsibility or duty. There are many people who don't even get along with the people that they care for, or maybe they didn't have a greatest childhood with their parents or that sort of thing. But I believe that everything we do is a choice. So I looked at it that way. So every time I was missing my life and feeling you know, disconnected from everything, I reminded myself, not in a, you know, you made your bed now lying a kind of way, but just in a, oh yeah, this is my choice. I want to be doing this and it means it's not going to be perfect and it's going to be difficult at times, but then I'm not a victim. And I think when we are in a, a victim mindset, when we're caregiving, it can be a much more miserable experience. Yeah, I think that's a great point, you know, because you really have made a choice at some point, even though you feel like you may have fallen into it, at some point it becomes a choice that, yeah, I'm going to do this. Otherwise you wouldn't be doing it. And so yeah. acknowledging that, um, or, 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 or if you really can't do it. And I, and I think that's also important to point out, um, is that not everybody can do you. I heard you say you knew you could do it. Um, there are some people who know they can't do it and they're, they're not good at it. That's just not a good situation to not be, not want to be there and not have a good relationship with the people that you're caring for. Yeah. Yeah. That is really, really hard. And, you know, I think it's, nobody's perfect at this. And I know a lot of caregivers will say, I can't do this because I don't know what I'm doing. None of us really know what we're doing until we get in the situation. <laughs> and yes, I had a, fear, a background of 30 years in the field of aging. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've seen, you know, I had a, a good perspective more than some people. I had that advantage. But that doesn't mean I'd done all this with my own parents before. And I think, you know, know that you can learn. You can learn a lot. And as a caregiver, sometimes it means that your role is care coordinating. It's not hands-on care necessarily. So you can still be a caregiver and live up to that uh, responsibility or, or however you want to do it and help your loved ones, it, even if it's just 
coordinating having someone else provide the hands-on direct care, which is what a lot of people are uncomfortable with. And, you know, I wasn't comfortable taking my dad to the bathroom in the beginning either, but I got used to it and so did he. So we, we all learn to do things that may be uncomfortable from time to time. It's interesting. We did a show the other day uh, with a nutritionist. Uh, he's not a nutritionist. He's a PhD who deals with nutrition and wound care. And he mentioned that caregivers need to check the whole body of the person they're caring for because very often there are pressure uh, injuries that you wouldn't be aware of otherwise. And it's obviously uncomfortable checking your dad's butt, but sometimes you just need to do that. Exactly. And I, I, you know, I I came to look at it as, you know, it's like a medical professional, you know, I, I, my parents weren't uncomfortable with doctors and I'm not uncomfortable with doctors and, or, you know, a nurse doing something. And it really was the same thing. And, um, and, and I got to add love to it. So, you know, that, that helps, but you're right. It's, it's, it's something you get used to. So I would encourage caregivers to not say, I can't do that. Um, but try and adapt and get some help and learn. And, and there's lots of training too. ARP has some wonderful videos um, online of, uh, of our, our Home Alone Alliance uh, relationship has created these how-to medical nursing videos of all the medical and nursing tasks that half of caregivers are, are providing for their loved ones. Right. And ARP actually did the study uh, to kind of really bring out the fact that family members are being asked to do what medical professionals used to do. Um, and sometimes with no training, often with no training. And so that's yeah. where those videos really come in. Well, I'm curious because I heard you say that you, you're a family of four. So did, you know, with the four sisters, did, was there any juggling that you had to do between your sisters early on when your mother first had her stroke? Did you all decide this is who's going to do what? Or yeah, was it, it was, just you? Did you charge in? And well, I, I I came out. I had one sister that lived here in Phoenix. Um, I had just started a new job at the Ohio Department of Aging and didn't have any leave. But they had a, a leave donation uh, system there, where so people would donate leave, and I so I was able to to go for two weeks and help get my mom transitioned into a rehab facility, which was. I had some experience from my work knowing about that. And so that was kind of a good role for me and to help with that. And then when I went back to Ohio, um, my other sister from Ohio came out and she stayed for a few weeks. And then, so we, we, we kind of took turns for periods of time. Um, And, you know, over the years, then mom was able to be alone at at home for periods of time. She went with my dad a lot of places, you know, and, and the end and, um, you know, it, she was amazing and could do so much on her own. She never had to have a paid caregiver until they were older. And, you know, she just, you know, was always going to speech therapy and doing things and my dad would take her. And so, yeah, we, we just kind of all did the best we could. Wow. I, I mean, yeah, I think Ron, you and I, over the years, you talked about how many years we've been doing the show every once in a while, Amy, we run into somebody like you that makes it sound so easy <laughs> <laughs> and it's a million different things, but you know, you really have uh, that flexibility. What I like is I hear that you, you know, you just went along with it, whatever was coming up, you just like, okay, so now we're going to tackle this issue. I was struck by uh, several years ago, we, we interviewed two caregivers, both were in their, I guess, 40s or 50s caring for uh, an aging mother. 
One of them loved it and talked in glowing terms. The other one, I think back to what you said a little while ago, Amy, hated it. She didn't like anything about it and spent, you know, 30 minutes just absolutely uh, in, in uh, a fit of anger about how she felt uh, uh, that her mother didn't appreciate her and how she didn't like what she was doing. Uh, it's very tough to do that work if you don't like it. Yeah, it is. And and, and and again, I say it's not like any of us like helping our parents go to the bathroom. You know, it, it's it, liking it is kind of a relative term. You know, uh, I love being with my parents. Right. And so and I still feel like I would rather have daddy here, even in his, in his he died at the age of 94 with very advanced Alzheimer's. But he was still singing with me and, and he was still mobile because we worked really hard to keep him up and moving. And he was amazing because of the way that we cared for him, I think was a big part of it. You mentioned singing. And of course you are, I didn't mention this earlier when I introduced you, uh, you're so many things, you can only say so much, but you're a music therapist as well. Uh, and there's so much written now about uh, Alzheimer's patients and music. Yeah, absolutely. I, I often feel like my degree in music therapy was what prepared me the most for caring for my own parents. And, you know, I worked in adult daycare services for a number of years after I got out of college. And um, so I had that to fall back on. And my dad really responded to music. music I hate became... to do this, but we're going to have to stop you right okay. now because we are we are flat out of time. But you are a <laughs> great guest, Amy Goyer. For Carol Zernigal, I'm Ron Aaron. Thanks for joining us on Caregiver SOS On Air. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zernial and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org.